Hi, I'm Elizabeth. It's good to be here. Uh, Today, I'm not talking about money, so you can relax your hold on your wallets. It's not going to be about that. Today, we're talking about foreigners. It's an equally fun topic, (laughs) so bear with me. Uh, The Bible verse for today is from Leviticus 19, 33-34. When a foreigner resides among you in your land, do not mistreat them. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native-born. Love them as yourself, for you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. What is a foreigner? You know, have you ever really thought about the definition of a foreigner? In the dictionary, it has a very formal definition. A person born in or coming from a country other than one's own. That's easy to understand. But more informally, a foreigner is also defined as a person not belonging to a particular place or a particular group, a stranger, an alien, a non-native, or just an outsider. So I'm going to probably go with the more informal definition today. What's a foreigner for you? Is it someone who's, who looks different, who's from a different country, who went to the wrong school, who uh, roots for the wrong sports team, who doesn't have a smartphone? They're different political beliefs. That's a good one. Um, I'd like to do a little illustration, and this is the only time I'm going to ask for your participation, but I need you to raise your hands. If you have lived in your current zip code for five years or less, please raise your hands and keep them up. Okay. Now, 10 years or less. Keep them up if you're five. Uh, 25 years or less in your current zip code. 44 years or less in your current zip code. Please raise your hand. All of you with your hands in the air, you are foreigners to me, (laughs) just to be clear. There's some of you I saw did not raise your hand, so I'm a foreigner to them. (laughs) And so, yeah, okay, you're a foreigner. I I don't hate y'all. I don't mistreat you. At least I try not to. Uh, But what does that mean to me? Uh, 44 years ago, Travis County had a population of about 300,000. Today, it's over a million. 44 years ago, Spicewood had a population of... A (laughs) hundred, and now it's 8,000. 44 years ago, the almighty Lake Travis Independent School District did not exist. What? It didn't exist. I thought it was there forever and will always be there forever. (laughs) 44 years ago, you could leave this area and make it to anywhere in Austin at any time of the day in about 40 minutes. 44 years ago, the closest traffic light was at Ben White and maybe West gate. 44 years ago, you could walk along Bee Creek. You could park along Bee Creek Road and walk along Bee Creek without the police coming to arrest you. (laughs) All sorts of things. You could get into a boat on Lake Travis any day except for the majors, you know, the 4th of July, Labor Day, and Memorial Day. And you could find a peaceful lake where you could just rejoice and sometimes be alone and not see anybody else. So for me, 44 years is a huge difference. Because it adds stress, it adds time to your commute, it adds just congestion. Congestion is a stress for us. Verse 33 is easy for me. Do not mistreat a foreigner residing among you. And the guy, one of the guys in the early service said, it's not foreigner, it's foreigner. So if I say foreigner, you'll understand. Uh, so do not mistreat the foreigners residing among you. I try not to mistreat anybody. That's pretty easy. 
But then the next part, um, treat them as your native born. Well, okay, I'm from Texas, and y'all don't act like your native Texans <laughs> sometimes. And here's an example from traffic, another traffic example. As we, years ago in Austin, when we would come to a place where the traffic lanes would merge, there would be, if you were from Austin, as soon as you know the lanes were to merge, you would actually line up. We would have single file lined up waiting for the merge. We would all get over, politely let the person in, and then there would be people from Houston. <laughs> I knew there would be one among us. Who, who would not line up single file, but rather all drive to the merge point and then wedge in there. And some of us may have possibly been rude and maybe pulled over and tried to control their behavior. You know, I'm sure I'm the only one who's ever done that. <laughs> we can go with that if you want. Uh, but but it's, it's just that kind of difference, that little subtle difference of a place that's not 200 miles away that the culture is so completely different just in, in how you merge in traffic. We all, we all went to drive school to learn how to drive. It's a subtle difference like that that makes you realize there are foreigners among us. <laughs> and it doesn't even have to be the formal definition of foreigner. The next, verse, the next part of the verse, too, is love them as yourselves. It's really hard for me to love y'all as I love this because I love every bit of this. I think Pastor Laura said there a couple weeks ago that some of us needed counseling. <laughs> that may be me. I love me a lot. I love everything about me. Yeah, there, there are problems, but, you know, I, I live with those, and I'm okay with that. I don't like some of y'all's problems. <laughs> don't take it the wrong way. I mean, I try to love you, but like this, I don't know if I can. <laughs> I'll try. I try. I'm not perfect. Um, but we, you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. I always like that. I am the Lord your God. It's so, I brought you into this world. <laughs> if you be nice to your brother, I brought you into this world. I can take you out of it. Um, so I'm using fairly light issues, traffic, and congestion to talk about the stress that comes from foreigners. And the reality is there's a lot more than that. There's fear from people moving in and taking jobs. There's fear from the costs of what it'll cost to absorb that many people into the infrastructure. There's fear from uh, crime, increase in crimes, because all we ever hear about on the news are the people on the extreme ends. You never hear Elizabeth Williams got up today, had a good day, her family went to school and came home, and everybody was peaceful. Is that on the news? Wouldn't that be awesome if that were the news? Because everybody, and not everybody, most of us would have a lot of free time back because we'd stop watching the stuff that we see. <laughs> and we would have a lot less fear and a lot less anger. But I know, I understand. I know what it's like to hate foreigners. Um, and th- does that make me then not a person who can be saved? Can God not use me? Well, he can, and he started using me in the 90s in this specific area, in the foreigner realm, as I was going to a mission trip in Russia. And we had to apply for the visa a year in advance. It was right after the fall of the Communist Party. It was uncertain whether we would be able to go. And as we were getting our visas approved, they said, they, the State Departments from both Russia and the United States, you can go, 
there is no guarantee that you can come home. Great, that's wonderful. (laughs) And the Americans were real clear, you know, something happens over there, we're not coming to get you. So, okay, so we went anyway, because some of us are crazy, but that's okay. (laughs) It was well worth it. Uh, And as we left Austin, Austin, Robert Mueller Airport was still the airport because Bergstrom was still a military base. You could walk up the ramp, I call it a ramp, to the terminals. There were a couple terminals, but once you got to the top, you could see all of the terminals at at Robert Mueller Airport, Airport. And it was a really casual environment. People were relaxed. Even the business travelers, you were like, they don't have anything they're worrying about. Well, then we flew up to Dallas. And then we had, at Dallas, we had to take a tram from one terminal to another terminal to get from the local terminal to the international airport. And so you're already kind of going, this is a little scary, but I can't even understand the dialect here, so I'm okay. Then we flew to London. (laughs) And, of course... Right before we traveled to London, it was either an airport bombing or an embassy bombing. I can't remember. But so we get off the plane and we're walking through. And of course, you you know, I I read about England. They have bobbies and they have nightsticks. And they didn't. They had machine guns and they were standing in the airport. And I had not experienced that before. But I could still mostly understand what I was hearing. (laughs) And I could read the language. And then we flew to Russia. <laughs> you couldn't read anything. It's not even the same alphabet. And as soon as we got off the plane, and, and it wasn't at a terminal like we're used to, we actually had to climb down the stairs. We were escorted in to the corrals, basically, at the terminal, with a man with a machine gun telling us where to go. And you get in the corrals, which is basically, a, it's not built for me, it was really skinny. <laughs> it was tight and dark and short, and they were wooden, and you couldn't see anything but the person in front of you, and the person behind you could see it, and you would march through the process, the immigration process, and you would go into this little room, and we were told in advance, do not have any fun while you're in this room. He's allowed to shoot you. So, of course, me... (laughs) I'm not biting my tongue, so (laughs) I can't do anything... And so it's just an overwhelming process to go into a country like that as you would go through the process and you would answer only the questions and you hoped you didn't give the wrong answer. And as we moved around into our our lodging, we had to learn about, you know, how to navigate the subway in Russia. So if you ever feel like (laughs) you don't know where you're going, try it in a different language. (laughs) And, you know, you'd have to get off at the stop. I was an adult leader. I was in my 20s with... um, you know, responsible for teenagers on this mission trip. And so, you know, being responsible for that and taking them through that was quite overwhelming. We were, we had to learn about the police in Russia because we were robbed when we were first there and people lost plane tickets, passports. It was a great time. (laughs) So we had to learn about a lot of things in Russia. But, you know, you never thought how different and how, how it is to be a foreigner until then. I had never thought how it was to be a foreigner until then. But as we're walking through the streets of Russia to our mission work, we'd have to walk you know, through the neighborhoods to get to the churches that we were... We were rebuilding, restoring churches that had been taken over by the government. And so we were in a church that was a wonderful cathedral church, and we were jackhammering out an Olympic-sized swimming pool to try to let the church go back to what it was. That's the kind of work we were doing. 
And as we were walking to the work each day, there would be, you could tell we were Americans just by looking at us, by hearing us. We were loud. <laughs> we, were friend, we, were, we made eye contact. Uh, you, we would look people in the eye, and it wasn't what they were used to. We would laugh and talk to each other. Some of us swaggered like John Wayne. We just, you could tell we didn't fit in there. And on the way to work each day, we would have a different group of people pass us and say something like, die Americans, or today is a good day for you to die Americans. Americans are evil. And every day we experienced it, and it wasn't the same group of people. And you're like, how do they know? Well, I know how they know now, because we're, it was such a different culture. And so I'd never felt like a foreigner before, at least not as obviously like a foreigner. And I can't imagine having to live like that for more than two weeks. <laughs> two weeks, I got to come home. And uh, even by then, I could learn to read things like cafe and airport and, of course, bad American things. But, you know, it's still, still not a comforting feeling to be completely a foreigner in a foreign land. So I know what it's like to hate foreigners. And I know what it's like to be a hated foreigner. We were there for good purposes. We weren't there to, to commit crimes. We weren't there to, to try to stay there and move there. It's a good foreigner. It's not that bad foreigners good. We weren't there doing all of the things that you hear about bad foreigners doing. And, and it was still, we were treated that way. We also found people who were very warming and welcoming to us. We did a vacation Bible school. We had people who were welcoming us into dinners and to church services. And, and so it wasn't all bad. And it just was a, different, a whole different thing. I was so glad to be home. And then I realized there were so many other times that I'd felt like a foreigner in my life. Let's just start with middle school. <laughs> I felt like a foreigner in middle school, high school. Sometimes at home with my family... My younger family, my current family, there are times I feel like a foreigner when I come into church. Not because of you, but because of where I am. We all go through things where we feel like foreigners. And so, how do I marry the two? I don't want foreigners to come in and take over my beautiful Texas and make it into something that it's not, that I don't like. And I don't think we're called to like that. The Bible doesn't say... Welcome the foreigners in, let them run everything. (laughs) It doesn't say that. It says to love them. It doesn't say you have to vote one way or the other to sanctuary city or not to sanctuary city, to travel ban or not to travel ban. That's all your relationship with your beliefs and your discussion with God. But we're called to love. We're called to pray. How do we love? I had to start with prayer. I have to start with prayer because I have strong feelings about certain things. And so I have to pray, God, please don't let these awful things happen because you know if this doesn't go my way, the awful things are going to happen. Well, that's not necessarily true, but that's how I feel. And if these awful things happen, please let me get right with it and help me lead with love. And so that's what I have to do. And, And And because I've done that, because I try to let God lead my life as much as I can, I'm not perfect at it, you know, I pray that I can show others how to to have a relationship with Christ. I don't pray that I meet you in the street and I disagree with you and I clearly am right, so I'm going to win that argument. We're supposed to lead with love. We're not supposed to lead with the issue and the argument. We don't have to change how we feel about the issue and the argument. But if we're praying and we're talking to God, and I think it was Doug Howell who said... 
you know, every morning I wake up and sometimes the conversation is, hey God, I'm sorry, I fell asleep while we were talking last night. And that's where we should be about everything, about, um, he'll tell you how to vote. I'm not telling you how to vote. Vote this way, vote that way. Like this issue, like that issue, whatever. Uh, as long as you're having conversations with God, that's okay. We, it, we have many examples in the Old Testament where the Israelites are taken over and destroyed by foreigners. And the reason they're taken over and destroyed by foreigners is not because necessarily that they welcomed them in and treated them with love and respect. They were destroyed by foreigners because they walked away from the path of God. And the path of God is love. And in the examples where they led with love, prayer, respectful treatment, and leading them to, to Christ or to love, then the Israelites flourished. And so that is basically you know, what, what we need to do, what I need to do and how it's worked for me. And because I've done that, I've been able to see you all and have relationships with you and not push you away because you're a foreigner, <laughs> but you've enriched my life. And hopefully in some ways I can enrich yours and it can be two ways. And so with that, I would like to pray. God, all that we have and all that we are is yours. Help us love, Lord, even when we feel like we are the strangers or the foreigners. Help us love those who feel that they are foreigners, whether they're informally foreigners who just feel left out or if they're scared in a new land. However you lead us, Lord, let us use prayer and respect and love to lead others to Christ. In your name we pray. Amen.